Hello, and welcome back to episode two, part two of uh, Analysis Paralysis. I'm your host, Luke Holt. As of 48 seconds ago, I finished part one. And uh, I don't know if you're immediately listening to part two, and it's always hard to tell how how much time has been in between each podcast, but I'm letting you know it's only been a couple seconds. Uh, because I'm that excited to talk about the next game. Uh, so before I get into it, uh, I would say that my favorite types of games are dudes on a map. Apparently, not a lot of people, not a lot of people call it that, but area control or uh, miniatures, I like those as well. Uh, a lot of games like, actually, I'm not. I'm not, I don't need to say that because I'm eventually going to talk about these games, and uh, you know, I need content, right? So. We are going to talk about and review Inish, I-N-I-S, the third in the trilogy of, well, it's not even really a, tr- a trilogy because I don't even think they're made by the same people, not that I give a shit who makes them. Um, what in the hell am I looking at? Oh yeah, Inish. So Inish is ranked 107, word? 107 on a game. Board Game Geek. What was Lost Ruins of Arnak? Did I tell? Did I say that? Hold on, I have to hit back a couple fucking times. Oh, it's two ninety three. That's pretty good. It's, a, it's still a new game. It came out in twenty twenty, which I also didn't say. Um, one to four players. Blah, 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 who cares? Uh, so yeah, great game. Go buy it. I recommend it highly. Um, hold on, let me chapstick it up, dude. If anybody knows me. I love chapstick very much to a weird degree. All right, so yeah, Inish is ranked 107, just out of the top 100. It's definitely in in my top 100, seeing as I've only played like 50 games. Uh, all right, let's go through my little checklist here. See what we got going on. Oh, oh, I also wanted. To... <laughs> God damn it. I also, I have it sitting, I only have so many notes in front of me and I somehow missed one. Things that I want to play that are coming up that I'm going to review. Rurik, Dawn of Kiev. I got the Kickstarter version recently for a decent price. Um, Way of the Panda, I got off a clearance shelf and it's a CMON game and uh, it just has a really cool worker placement thing about it. So I'm excited to play that. I got the expansion to Rising Sun, so that'll be played for sure. And Forbidden Stars, that is a beast of a game for me to learn, but it is Warhammer, and it's made by Eric Lang, and uh, we're just going to stop talking about it there, because I love him. All right, so Inish is a dude on a map game, plays two to four players, uh, ranked 107, came out 2016. Um, 60 to 90 minutes, uh, that's fairly accurate, I would say. Um, all right, artwork is the very first thing on my list here, and let's talk about the fucking artwork in this game. It is, uh, I don't know how do I even, what I even classify it as. It's old Irish Celtic art. How I would describe that art is it kind of looks like stained glass windows and Jesus Christ Almighty. It is 
so good. Every piece of art in this game is amazing. It is there's it so it's it's a dudes on a map game as well as a card game and you're essentially drafting these 16 cards amongst each other dependent on player count and each card has just an amazing fucking piece of artwork on it and then there's these red cards and there's these location cards location cards have just like these great landscapes on them and landmarks and the red cards are these epic tail cards that just have suck i I, just look it up just look it up the the artwork is uh, is it the best artwork i won't say it's the best artwork but it's the most refreshing art that i've seen it's not just typical fantasy orcs and all this stuff it's not typical like cyberpunk or futuristic or sci-fi it really looks like a labor of love that i mean the art is just so great I, I can't speak high 10 out of 10 for art uh, playtime def I mean the game can drag out but not for any bad reasons this is kind of how the game plays uh, but it's definitely an hour maybe a little bit more someone can maybe win relatively quickly uh, in less than an hour but I don't really see that happening uh, it's an easy game easy game to learn easy to easy to learn hard to master there's not a lot of uh, rules to the game. Nothing, nothing fiddly about it whatsoever. Uh, the combat is very straightforward. Uh, the drafting is very straightforward. What the cards do is uh, straightforward. Uh, the only learning curve is really being able to decipher what a card means, and that's only for your first playthrough. Um, like I said, the theme is amazing. It's different. There's no other game like it that I can think of um but yeah it's just dudes on a map and all that jazz so let's talk about the game so basic gist of the game is you have a pool of little figurines i think it's like 12 to 15 of them at the beginning of the game each uh, we all take turns putting one guy down at a time and you have as many areas on the board. Speaking of the tiles, so it's a tile laying game as well. The game starts off with a tile is equal to the number amount of or to the amount of players, but the tiles aren't just squares. They're this kind of like like three winged. There's like three pieces poking out of it, kind of like a shuriken, but they're cut really weirdly, and but they somehow fit in together with each other, and it just makes it look different just everything about the game is different so um you just put your guys out one at a time and you can go into a place that somebody else's too um and there's like a, a citadel which is like the main hub of the city somewhere uh on like a starting location and once that happens you draft these 16 green cards uh so there's 16 in the in the game if you're playing with we're just going to say it as if we're playing with four players because if you're playing with three or less i think you draft 13 cards something like that yeah so yeah so but in total there's 16 cards or 17 cards is it 16 or 17 regardless doesn't matter uh you give each player four cards and then you kill you uh burn one card so one card isn't going to be used in this rotation and you uh 
pick a card and there's this little crow token uh, that is either clockwise or counterclockwise. And at the beginning of each round or at the beginning of the game, you flip the car, you flip it and whichever way it goes is the way that you pass the cards. And it's also the way that you uh, play your turns for the rest of that round and it ref- and you flip it each time. So that's burped unedited. So you flip the coin and draft the cards. So you draft one card into your hand and then you pass those cards to the left or the right, whatever the crow token says. After that, you take two cards. Now in most drafting games, whatever card you drafted first you keep, but in this game you can give away the card that you took. So you take one card, you're given three. And then if you see two cards that you like more than the one that you kept, you can pass the kept card and keep two. And so then you pass two cards, whichever way, and then you're given two cards. And then once again, you can pass uh, some of the cards that you already drafted. Um, and then you keep one card and then you pass your last card. And so you'll receive whatever garbage the last person gives you. And then everyone has four cards. Now, uh, oh man, one of my, I totally just had a brain fart. This is, this happens a lot to me. So just bear with me guys and girls and amoebas and, uh, whatever other creatures are out there. So you have your cards. The only way that you can do anything in the game is with cards. There's no two actions on your turn. One of them is a move action and a free action, yada, yada, yada. It's all through these cards. And so the, in the beginning of the game, you need to, you don't know what these cards do, but after two or three rounds, you'll know what you're passing, what each card does, how good each card is, or which ones that you're in most need of. And like I said, dude, the art on all of them is fantastic. So a card may let you move, it may let you fight somebody, it may let you place a citadel or a sanctuary, and let's, let me rewind and just say how you win the game, because it's very, very different, unlike anything I've played. There are three different ways to win the game. One way is by domination, which is essentially being the chieftain of over, over six opponent's figures what that means is that uh if you have more figures in an area than another person then you are chieftain of that area so if i have three guys in one area and you have two guys in my area i'm chieftain of that area and so you have to be chieftain over six people so in this case i am chieftain chieftain over two figures because you have two figures in a place where i have three now if i'm chieftain in two other areas where it's the spread is three to two, then I'm now chieftain over six opponent, six opponent's characters. So that's one way to win. Another way to win is to be on six different tiles or landscapes. So just, you don't have to be chieftain, you don't have to be anything, but just having a one figure at least on six different areas of the map. And there's ways to explore the map, obviously through the green cards throughout the game. Um, that one seems like the not the hardest to do, but uh, the one that isn't gone for as much. And then the third one is to be present in an area with six 
sanctuaries. The the number is six that we're looking for, which is weird that it's six six six, which is the devil, hail Satan. Um, so to be present in a place with six or more six sanctuaries total. So there could throughout the game there could be a place that has, you know, two or three sanctuaries in one area. So that doesn't mean you have to be on six different spaces. So once you have met one of these win conditions, you don't win the game. You have to take what is called a pretender token, which is this cool purple token with a crown on it. And it essentially lets everyone in the, in the game know that unless they stop you, you're gonna win the game on the next turn. It essentially allows you to win the game. And what it does is it puts a target on your back and then everyone has to figure out a way to stop you from winning. Which is really, really interesting because you can either go the strategy of waiting until the end of a round if no one's paying attention, but once you play the once you play the game more, it's not going to be as uh, as much of a surprise. But it, you can either do it near the end of a round once everyone has spent their green cards and they're low on resources, so that it's hard for them to stop you, or you can do it in the beginning of the round. I mean, you can do it whenever you want, but a strategy is you could do it in the beginning of a round so that you have you have a ton of cards at your disposal to deal with on the oncoming onslaught of attacks and people trying to screw you over. Because on your turn, you can either play a green card, uh, play a red card, which is an Epic Tales card, or you can take a Pretender token. And those are the only things that you can do. So that was really cool to me uh, that you have to announce that you're going to win the game. It's not because I've played games before where um, I'm like looking at the board, trying to figure out the best turn for me to do. And then the game just ends unbeknownst to me. Uh, I don't like that very much. Um, so this lets people know that you're about to win the game and they have to stop you, which is great. And multiple people can have can each have a uh, pretender token, but then there's this essentially uh, this first player token called the Bren. And if I have the Bren and you don't, and we both have a pretender token and it goes to the beginning of the round, we check for victory, I would win the tie because I'm the Bren. But that didn't really come into play very often. So, uh, so yeah, on your turn, you play a green card, you do what the green card says. Um, and the green cards are relatively straightforward. They let you move, place a sanctuary, uh, draw an Epic Tales card. Epic Tales cards all seem crazy overpowered, but everyone can get them throughout the game. Um, and that's what I went for the most because all of the, there's probably a stack of like, I don't know, 40 to 60 Epic Tales cards and there's no duplicates. So there's a lot of replayability there. Um, and so then, uh, I totally just lost, lost my train, train of thought again. I need more structure. That's why I'm joining the military. So you can uh, oh yeah, combat. Probably the coolest thing in the game, aside from the artwork. So in my experience with 
area control or dudes on a map games when it comes to combat anytime dice are involved i'm not a humongous fan of it because it leaves things up to chance and i like to have a guarantee of going into a fight and knowing what's going to happen or knowing at least what the outcome could be so essentially for example's sake we'll use the three and two so i play a card that lets me move into a territory anytime you move into a territory with another figure unless it's specified otherwise um a clash is what they're called a clash is going to start but since i'm the instigator i can do one of two things i can attack you or i can ask for peace if i ask for peace and my opponent says i accept peace or i want peace as well then nothing happens and i get to move into that space freely however if they say i don't want peace then i get a couple of options I can either attack them or I can retreat into an area where I'm a chieftain. Um, but if that's if I'm not a, adjacent to an area where I have a chieftain, then I can't do that. Um, and then I could retreat, but I, I don't believe I can retreat if I just started the fight. Otherwise, it'd be redundant. So let's just say I say I ask for peace. They say no, and I attack them. When you attack... The opponent has the option of doing either removing a figure from the location where the clash is or discarding a green card which are the ones that we drafted that's it there's no damage there's no dial there's no nothing it's just you drop a green card or you lose a guy and this goes back and forth until everyone's heart is content now a cool little gimmicky thing is this uh the citadels uh, and the sanctuary, I don't know if it's specifically the sanctuaries, but there are multiple ways. But in the citadels, there's like a little circular indention where you can put a figure at the beginning of a fight. So if there's a big fight going on, each person gets to choose whether they want to go into uh, these citadels. And if they do, they essentially can't be killed during combat. And then they come back out at the end of combat. And we actually somehow had like six of those on one board. Uh, or on one piece of land so someone had like five things that couldn't be killed which was really funny but <clears throat> so yeah you so I have my three guys I attack you and you have two cards in your hand and I have two cards in my hand you have two guys I have three guys so when I attack you you decide to drop a green card and then you attack me and I decide to lose a guy so now it's two to two and then i attack you and the reason the thing i say about guarantee aside from you know a random effect on an epic tales card or one of the red cards is i know that i'm going to win that fight because i can attack you i have three guys and two cards you have two guys and two cards so i can take one more hit than you can uh so i know i'm going to win that fight so um but when it comes comes time for you to attack me you can offer peace so it's do I, do I want peace no continue attacking do I want peace yes stop attacking that's really that's what it boils down to and when there's three people I have to ask both of them for peace and they both have to say yes to peace which is really really cool too it's just such a great game I enjoyed it very much and so you do all this fighting, you do all this fighting, and there's really cool combat tricks. Like you can pull the guys out of the safe 
territory citadels uh you can bring a guy back to life or like put them onto a card that brings them back at the end of the turn because um, whoever owns whoever's the chieftain of a certain area of the area on the board each area has a card that goes with it that lets you do something whether it be draw another card or draft an extra card draw an epic tales card kill a guy to draw draw epic tales card there's a lot of a lot of variability with what can be going on um and I really enjoy my buddy Jason from Jacksonville. He said it's probably his new favorite got dudes on a map game. And that's, those are fighting words because there's a lot that I really really like, and I definitely liked Inish, but I'd have to play it again. And I think that the game gets better. Like I, I played with three people that have never played the game before, myself included. But if you played it with the same three or four people multiple times it's going to be really fun because you all know the cards really well you know what everyone else has in their hands you know what to look out for and they understand the game on a higher level um it's no different than like playing chess against somebody that knows how to play like you just it's a much more rewarding experience so i really want to do that one day with the game um as far as for some reason this is considered to be in a trilogy of uh, Cyclades, Kemet, and this. <coughs> uh, I've not played Cyclades. I've heard good things. Uh, Kemet, I've only played twice, and I do like it, but it's another one of those games you have to play multiple times. Um, I would recommend this one, hands down, over the other ones, because of the ease of play, the easy how easy it is to learn, how gorgeous it is and i think it's actually cheaper than most of them i mean i got mine for like 30 bucks which is unheard of um, but i think retail it's i think 50 or 60 dollars uh i'd say it's worth that price if you could pay lower obviously that's better but i'd say it's a must buy if it's if if it's a if you like miniature well the miniatures aren't like amazing amazing but it's really all about the artwork and the cards. That's really the heart of the game. So if you like dudes on a map, if you like area control, like this game is just super up your alley. Cause a lot of dudes on a map games, aside from El Grande, which is in episode one, aside from El Grande, this is one of the easiest dudes on a map games to teach. And it's one of the best. Same with El Grande. Like, I'd say that both of these are absolute must-haves. Like, this is like an upgraded... It's not really similar <laughs> similar to El Grande, but um, if, you play it, if you play El Grande and you want something that looks a little prettier, this is the prettiest of pretty. Uh, so, yeah. Definitely get this game. I think I've said that at least 12 times at this point, but I really can't speak highly at enough of it and the fact that i like it this much after one play means i'm only going to like it more the more that i play it and it becomes more strategic because i kind of hosed myself pro tip in the beginning of the game i was more worried about being chieftain of one place than spreading my guys out even though i only put two on the board but you can't uh place a guy in an area unless you have one there unless there's an epic tales card that lets you do that uh, so I had two guys in one spot, and I kept not getting, not being able to draft the cards that let me move, 
so I was kind of stuck in, I just kind of had four or five guys in one spot for three or four turns. Uh, so I would, I would know not to do that again. And I would also say it's not a mean, it sounds, it's not a mean game because you can offer peace. Uh, and you should know, you would be able to know the repercussions of going into a place. There's definitely not a lot of like swing turns, but then there's also, there was a turn where I went into an area where I had one guy and the other people had five and six and I ended up winning that fight. How? I couldn't even begin to explain or tell how that even happened because I just kind of blacked out and then I was the last guy standing, which was really cool. Uh, so yeah, that is Inish. And I think that we are finished. See what I did there? Well, I uh, am going to try and do as many of these as I can before I go to boot camp at the end of April. And then this will be on a very long hiatus, and all my games will be sitting in storage. Hopefully I receive these dead card games here in a couple weeks, and uh, things will be great. I'll have lots of things to review, some that no one will give a shit about, some that uh, some will give definitely no shits about but yeah Rurik Dawn of Kiev is coming up my birthday is coming up in 10 days I will be old and hopefully playing some board games the night before and then I'll have more stuff to review I probably will stick to only doing two in an episode now because three is a lot three is a crowd and uh, I mean, I I've, I like the idea of this being much more laid back and not uh, super um, like edited and structured because I'm not good at structure. Uh, but yeah, any feedback is welcomed. So this is analysis paralysis. Thank you for listening. Uh, to episode two part two and i will talk to you all well actually i won't i'll talk at all of you uh probably in a week or so or a couple days who knows but thank you for listening and have yourself a good one peace